0: this is Edna Isaac. You can catch me and others from 10 to 11 every Sunday on All on God brought to you by House of Worship. This is the program where you can hear the Word of God and be blessed through prayer, worship, and so much more. All on God, Sunday 10 through 11.
1: If you feel lost, He's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, He's a prison shaking Savior. If you got chains, He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight We've all run to things we know just ain't right There's a better life There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker a chain breaker. If you believe it, you receive it. If you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, you believe it, you receive it. You're If
0: isaac this is your radio program every sunday from 10 to 11 and we are here today and we are so happy today is the third sunday of the year oh praise the lord we already have three weeks in 2021 and today i want to talk to you about a beautiful 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 theme that is in the Bible. But before, I just want to remind you that this program is brought to you by House of Worship. Remember, tune in and listen to us every Sunday from 10 to 11 with All on God with Edna Isaac. I want to talk to you about a beautiful, beautiful theme that is in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 18. However, before that, I just want to remind you that tomorrow, January 18, it is Martin Luther King Jr. federal holiday and Reverend King was the most visible activist in the civil rights movement of all times. And many of us know many of his quotes, but in reality who he was. Martin Luther King Jr. was a Baptist minister or a pastor, and also he was a social rights activist in the United States in the 50s and 60s. He was a leader of the African Civil Rights Movement. He organized a number of peaceful protests, peaceful protests, not riots, as head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, including the March on Washington in 1963. So he was a very well-known man because of his involvement with this social rights movement. So it is important that we understand that this man, he was best known for advancing civil rights through non-violence and civil disobedience inspired by his Christian beliefs and the nonviolent activism. And as the convener of the clergy association in the greater Tanton area, I invite you that tomorrow you tune in and watch our 32nd observance day of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. For the last 32 consecutive years, the Greater Tanton Clergy Association has been celebrating this observance day of MLK. Even though we are in a pandemic, of course we cannot do it in person, so we decided to go virtual. But we did, um, we prepare a video and then we're gonna premiere it on different platforms, media platforms, including facebook youtube and the local access tv so we're going to be airing this program tomorrow at 7 p.m so don't miss it for anything you're going to be inspired you're going to be touched and you're going to enjoy this program we will have a special guest that is going to bring the word of god and he is from north carolina and he's the MLK Commission um, President in Wilson, North Carolina. He's going to be bringing the Word of God, very inspiring, very motivated. And we please ask you to join and to tune in. You can watch it in Facebook, in YouTube, and also through cable access. And you know, one of the things that I like about um, Reverend Keen was that he was very humble, humble man. He never let pride to come and he never allowed hate to govern his life. And let me tell you, he was not, a a, he never disrespect people, but many people disrespect him. He never hate, or at least he didn't show hate for nobody, but many people hate him. He have a lot of enemies because it was a movement that was starting. You know, when other people see that maybe their, their beliefs and their thoughts of their ideologies are going to be affect or influence, they attack. They they are in the defensive side. And but you know what? What I like from Martin Luther King that he never did that. He always used love. He always, you know, of course he was a man of God. And if you are a man of God or a woman of God, you're going to use love. You're not going to use hatred. And that's one of the things that we need to understand. We, you know, There's a lot of people out there trying to do things, but they are full of hatred. They are full of bitterness in their heart. So when they do things, that's what they are going to reflect. Because if you don't have the love of God, you cannot give love. And that's one of the most important things that we need to understand. And many people want to apply the, the methods of Martin Luther King, but they forget that the source of Martin Luther King was not a human source. It was God. And because he loved God, and because God loves him, and because God put the dream in him, it was That he did what he did. And many people want to apply his philosophy, but they don't want to apply what he did. And many people think that it is like a philosophy that Martin Luther King used to do what he did, and they try to repeat it, and it doesn't have the same results. Of course, it's not going to have the same results because Martin Luther King's life and foundation was in the Word of God, he was a minister. He was a reverend. So before he was an activist, he was a Christian. He was, I'm not talking to you about any type of Christian. He was a real, true Christian. When you are a real, true Christian, you love other people. You respect other people. You respect authority. And that was his secret. Because it was not his dream. It was God's dream in him. You know why I say that? Because look at what it says Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Oh, praise the Lord. Which means that the purpose of God for Martin Luther King it was exactly what he did while he was alive. So it, it was God who put in his heart what he was supposed to do. Because God is the one who governs in you. And when you serve the Lord, as the Reverend King did, you follow God's instruction. You follow God's will for your life. And there's so many people out there trying to do a lot of things, but they do not do it guided by the hand of God. So which means it will not have the same results. Because this is not about human human um, strength. It's about God's strength. God is the one who gives you strength to stand firm for what you believe, for what you want to advocate for. And if it is, and if it is a vision rooted in the word of God, rooted in God's heart, it will have good results. Therefore... Let us follow King's example. Let us follow his dream because it was God's dream in him. And tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating the 32nd Observance Day of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Please tune in. Tomorrow will be the premiere at 7 p.m. in YouTube. In Facebook, but also if you missed it, you cannot see on, the, on tomorrow at 7 p.m. You can watch over again on Tuesday, January 19 at 12 noon and also Wednesday, January 20th at 10.30 p.m. And that's going to be in TCAM TV, which is Comcast Channel 15 or Verizon Channel 22. You can watch the program and get inspired and now talking about humble people let's go to the word of God and today I wanted to talk about something that is so 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 important and I want to read Matthew chapter 18 from 1 to 9 and it says at the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Wow, that is something awesome. If anyone causes one of this child, if anyone causes one of this little one, those who believe in me, To stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow! Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life, maimed or crippled, than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, Gauge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. What is Jesus talking about here? Of course, we know that he's not talking literally. He's using figure of speech. In other words, he's using some symbolism to explain to you how important it is for you to keep your life straight with God in order for you to go to heaven. So we're not talking about works, because works will not take you to heaven. But we are talking to you about your relationship with God And how the Lord perceive your intimate relationship with Him? See, many people, they don't understand that when when Jesus said many things, when He was talking, remember He was talking to humble people that He needs to speak in a way that they can understand. So every time Jesus talked to them, He used a language that they will understand. For example, he used parables. In those parables, he used everyday common things that they use or they do or traditions that they have in order for them to understand. So Jesus was not going to talk to them in a way that, you know, so sophisticated that they would not be able to understand what the heck Jesus was talking about. So Jesus used simple words. And when he talks of it here, he says, if you have two eyes, <laughs> but if you go to the lake of fire, you know what? It's better to go with one. Of course, he's not taken to you. Take out your eyes. Of course not. What he wanted to say was that if you have something in your life that is provoking you, is tempting you, is influencing you in your life so you can sin against God. You know what? Stop from doing that. Sacrifice it. Sacrifice that. Don't do that. And allow the Lord to work in your life in order for you to inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he was talking about sinning against God. For example, in in Matthew chapter 5, 27 to 30, you're going to find the scriptures was explained to you when Jesus says, Do not commit adultery. He said, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if this right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for you, your whole body to go into hell. So in other words, what the Lord is saying here is you have the option in your hands. So every time you're going to commit sin against God, you cannot say, oh, you know what? The devil make me do it. I did it because I did. No, you have the option. You have the option to not sin against God or to just do it, you know, and because it's the, easy, the easiest thing to do. And because, you know, today people say, oh, no, you know, we cannot. That's old-fashioned. The Bible is old-fashioned. It's obsolete and blah, 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 blah. You know what? The Bible will never be old-fashioned. The Bible is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living, is alive. And it will be good until the end of times. The Bible is the newspaper for today. Do you know that everything that is going on today right now, it is in the Bible? And you know, you know that what is going to happen tomorrow, it is in the word of God. And you know that everything is going on with Israel, with all these countries and everything. Do you know that is in the Bible? Everything is in there. But we just want to justify ourselves and you, us? we prefer to believe in anything else but, you know, not in the word of God. Because if we believe in the word of God, then we have to be accountable to the Lord. <laughs> But you know what? Jesus was right when he talked about the things that he talked about. And when he started talking in that chapter, chapter 18, I want you to notice something here. He started talking about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. One of his disciples asked him, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And you know, I love the way Jesus taught because... (laughs) Jesus came with things that maybe nobody think about it. <laughs> and then he called a little child, and he made the little child to get close to him. And then he said, Truly I said to you, unless you change and become like, like little children, you will never enter in the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? What in the world Jesus was saying? You know, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible you know, I love, I love the way Jesus, he explained things because, you know, in chapter 20, we have this woman. The, the, the mother of two of the disciples of Jesus, and and she came to Jesus. She was the mother of 70, and she came and she kneeled before him and asked him for something. And, and, And he said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but you to sit at my right hand and at my left, it is not mine to grant, but it is for those who, for whom it has been prepared by my father. <laughs> it is so funny how people are so thirsted for power, for positions, for titles, and they are just looking for power, and they're fighting each other. That's what we see in government. That's what we see everywhere. But look at what Jesus says. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant, and whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many? Hmm. Is it really that we want to have position, that we want to have power? You know, there is so, so much struggle for power and rulers of this world. They're just fighting for power. And who is powerful, more powerful, more rich, more influencer or anything. You know, it, it is so, so sad to see that men today, they're just looking hungry for power. They do not understand that the secret for being in a high position is to be a servant. You cannot be served if you have not been a servant. You cannot, you can never go and climb up the ladder of authority, if you have never been under authority, and we see so many people today that they just want position, they just want it to be, you know, the greatest, the biggest one, the most powerful one. But they don't want to serve, and that is the secret of the greatness. Look at what Jesus said, and again, I go back to the chapter 18. Truly, I tell you unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, Jesus emphasized the importance of humility, the importance of self-sacrifice, and the self-sacrifice as the highest version in order for you to be great in your community. So in other words, the humble you are, the highest position you will have. Have you seen people in power? Many people in power, they get there using their own means. And they go to power. And they go to power by stepping on other people or by humiliating other people or by influencing and getting away with so many things. But you know what? Is it really worth it? You know it doesn't matter the way you get there. What matters is if your character is not right, your gift maybe will take you there, your talents maybe get you there, but your character will knock you down. Why? Because the character, if you don't have a character, if, you don't, if your character is weak, if your character is not right, you will not stay too long in a position where it will require from you humbleness, self-control, patience, etc., etc., in order for you to keep a position of authority, you will have to learn how to be a humble person. Have you ever dealt with a person who is so proudful, and that person thinks that he is the or she is the most intelligent? They have an answer for everything. They think that you are dumb because maybe you don't know how to speak like them. You know, I have I have an accent. You can hear that. You can just very clear <laughs> because my accent. Of of course, I was born in a place where everybody speaks Spanish. So my Spanish accent sometimes make me stumble a little bit when I'm talking because I'm thinking about what words should I say. I mean, I don't want to say a wrong word. I don't want to. Um, say pronounce something that it might sounds you know bad. I don't know. So I stumble a lot when I speak in English, and <laughs> I remember one day having this in, this meeting with a person, and the person said to me after we finished talking and everything, the person said to me. Wow! I never thought you were so smart. <laughs> really? <laughs> I look at that person. okay, at that person. I mean, that person knew that what what she said was dumb, <laughs> and offensive, and she was like, she didn't even know how to react or what to say. And he said, oh, and then she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean it that way." You know. But, you know, sometimes people think because we cannot speak clearly or speak with accent, that we are dumb, that we don't, we're not good for anything, that we are stupid, that we are, you know, just dumb. And it's not true. And, you know, so many people, they, they when they speak, they speak so sophisticated and they express so nice, so educated. But they are so full of pride that nobody, nobody wants to be with them. Nobody likes to sit next to them. Nobody likes to share with them because, you know, they are so full of themselves. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. You know why he's comparing a little child? Because a little child is not, you know, he. The little child says things the way he just think about it. But he, he doesn't think too much. He's not thinking about he's going what he's going to say, how he's going to say it. A little child, you can do something to him. You can, and he can cry. But then ten minutes pass by, and then he comes to you and he hugs you and. And it's like nothing happens. A little child is easy to forgive. A little child is easy to teach. A little child is easy to believe. And sometimes we are so hard-headed that God deals with us and we just can't understand and we just can't believe, and we just can't. We, we just are looking for one million reasons why. And we're just asking the why question all the time. And just are regretting all the time. And we are whining all the time. And we are just saying things. And like, You know, we sometimes behave worse than a little child. Because a little child is easy to handle. And we sometimes are so, so hard-headed that we miss God's blessing. We miss all the opportunities that God has for us because we just can't understand many things and we're just asking for everything. We are so hard to please. And we sometimes we are so full of ourselves that not even God can talk to us because we are so prideful that we don't we don't want to listen to God. So today, I just want to remind you, if you want to go to heaven, you need to be like a little child. And of course, I'm not talking to you about, literally, to become a child. And you know that. But we need to have that disposition to listen to him, to obey him, to do as he says, to be obedient to the word of God. You know, the word of God is the manual of instruction of life. You know, when I got married, I will have wanted someone to tell me that the Bible was a manual of life and that through the Bible, I will find a solution to the problems of my life. You know, sadly, my first years of marriage, sadly because I didn't know that, my first years of marriage was a hell for me and my husband. Once I knew that, once I get to know Jesus, one, you know, God started dealing with me and my husband and my family. You know, my whole life completely changed. And I don't have the time right now to go over my testimony, but one day I'll be able to share it with you. The only thing I can say is that when I got married, at six months of being married, I wanted to get divorced. But you know, The same day that we broke up, my husband and me, we have an invitation that we promised that we was going to go to church on Sunday. And because I'm a woman of word, if I say something, I I, I like to, you know, be on point. I remember, and because I am a woman of my word, and I like to comply whenever I say something, you know, I remember I say to my husband, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to go to church because we already, we already said yes. But after we go to church, we're going to come back. You're going to grab all your stuff and you're out of here because this is done. And you know what happened? The next day we went to church and at the church When the pastor was preaching. It was like if the pastor was saying all my life. And you know what? That day me and my husband. Went to the altar. And we accept Jesus as our own savior. And from that day on. Until now. We have 29 years of marriage. And we are not perfect. But we have a good marriage and I am so happy and every day we love each other more and every day I, I thank God for my husband but you know why that happened? because we were humble enough to say Lord we need you we were humble enough as a little child to say Lord we don't know how to do this How will you handle a marriage? How will you handle yourself when you come from a background that you have been hurt so much, that you come with traumas traumas in your life that you might not heal yet? How are you doing well in a marriage where you know that you and your husband came from different backgrounds where maybe one of you or the both of you, you know in your life there's so many things unresolved traumas, hurt, damaged emotions, things that happens to you when you were growing up and you might not have resolved those traumas or you may not have been fully healed, how can you do better? And that's what was happening in my marriage. Everything I went through my childhood, it affected me so much that when I was married, I was starting to do things that my my, my father used to do. And I didn't even know any better. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, everything changed. Because the Lord started doing a work in my life. So, how can you do better if you don't know how to do better? Or maybe nobody taught you, or maybe nobody told you how you can handle different situations in your life? So, you do the best you can. But let me tell you something. When I, when I accept Jesus and I start going to church and I start reading the Bible, one of the things that the Lord showed me was the Word of God. It is the manual of life. And I started studying the Word of God. And I started reading the Word of God. And I found the answer. And when I started studying the Word of God and I started studying about, about Him, you know what? I found all the solutions for my life, for my problems, when I start reading the Bible and studying the Word of God. And that's why my belief, I believe in the Word of God as the absolute truth. And I know that many people, many modern um, historians, many people are saying that it is obsolete obsolete but you know what don't buy that lie because the word of god will never be obsolete you know why because it's the only book that it gives you hope that it heals you that transforms you that transforms your character that make you whole again that give you the instructions on how to be a good mother, a good husband, a good friend, a good businesswoman or businessman. Even talk to you about your your relationships with your wife, your intimacy. Oh, my goodness! The Word of God talks to you about everything. And when you study the Word of God and you obey what God says in His Word you will be a humble person. You will not be thirsty for power or influence or positions. Simply, God will honor those who honor Him. If you honor God, God will honor you. If you will humble yourself, and honor the one who gave you life, who saved you, who died for you on the cross. He will honor you. Let us pray because my time is up and we have to finish. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. Lord, I ask you to bless my listeners, whoever is out there listening to the sound of my voice. I ask you, Lord, that you bless them that you open their eyes, that they can see that you are God Almighty, and that you have the Word of God for us to read it and obey it, and that you have treasures in your Word that will teach us how to behave, how to become better persons, better citizens, better wives, better husbands, better sons, better daughters better individuals, Lord. Lord, I ask you to bless them, touch them, minister to them, give them the hope, the peace, the understanding, the wisdom that they are looking for. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you my sisters, my brothers, my friends. And remember, this is All on God with Edna Isaac. And we are here every Sunday from 10 to 11. And please don't forget tomorrow at 7 p.m., January 18th at 7 p.m., the 32nd Observance Day of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. God bless you. God bless you all. And now I just want to finish with this beautiful song. I Before hope I
2: spoke a word, you. you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the night denied. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve show you
0: can catch me and others from 10 to 11 every Sunday on All on God, brought to you by House of Worship. This is the program where you can hear the Word of God and be blessed through prayer, worship, and so much more. All on God, Sunday 10 through 11.